This episode of The Sleeper and the Bus is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, the best baseball strategy game ever made. Available now on PC, Mac, and Linux platforms. It's officially licensed by MLB and the MLBPA, allowing you to take any team from any era, from any level, and run it the way you want with unprecedented depth, control, and authenticity. New features for this year include dramatic 3D ballpark and player improvements, an all-new tournament mode, allowing for infinite combinations, all new scouting systems, significant AI adjustments based on the latest trends, and so much more. Even better, if you order now through the Sleeper in the Bus podcast, you'll receive a special 10% discount off the retail price of $39.99 by going to OOTP Developments and clicking on the order banner. Just enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout. Once again, just go to OOTPDevelopments.com, click on the order banner, then enter the code SLEEPER19 at checkout for a special discount that helps support the Sleeper in the Bust. Thanks. Welcome to episode 594 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, August 28th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Justin Mason. Justin, what's up? It feels weird recording on a Tuesday. We've never done it. I wonder if, uh, wonder if Kyle will show up. I doubt he's it. He's starting against the Indians tonight, so I, I think he's in Cleveland already. Yes. He was not expecting to have to do his groundskeeping work That's on, the best part. On, on a Tuesday. So he, Got him. He, he was not prepared for this. I don't know if Cole uh, works on a Tuesday, but uh, I mean, he's Cole. Cole's uh, coming off of a, another massive night. Um, you know, may jet over there. You guys are same state, so it's easy. They're they're on a, they're on a home stretch. He might pop up. We and may it would be, be great. in the same state, but we're pretty far away from each other. Anaheim and San Francisco aren't super close. That's true. That's true. But uh, you know. Cole has his means, so we'll see. But we're going to talk some call-ups today. Kind of go through big list of guys who could get called up. Kind of talk about their chances, what they could do. Uh, maybe get an idea of how much uh, you're, you're looking to stash these guys. It will include some some former major leaguers. Uh, you know, some guys that you definitely know. Maybe some names that are new to you. It kind of runs the gamut. It is a big list, so we just got to dive in here in a moment. Let's talk a few bits of news, including someone who would have been headlining on this list uh, had he not been called up last night. Luis Urias is being called up for the San Diego Padres. And I'm very excited. I saw him at the Arizona Fall League, and I really, I really liked what I saw. Now, given the season that this guy's had, it's difficult for me to continue to kind of put this out there. But he really cut a a Jose Ramirez image for me, just kind of with uh, some of his uh, mannerisms, his size, and obviously. Um, Jose Ramirez has become like a top five player in baseball, and I don't necessarily expect that from Urias, uh, especially because his power is not there. But it took Ramirez's a little bit to develop as well. At AAA uh, El Paso this year, he's hit 296 with eight, eight homers, 30 doubles, seven triples, uh, two steals, and three attempts, 45 ribbies, 83 runs. He's got a 296, 398, 447 triple slash. Uh, 21-year-old middle infielder, shortstop, uh, second, and a little bit of third this year. What do you think of Luis Urias for the Padres? I think he is uh, an average-only guy for the most part. He's going to steal a handful of bases. He's going to hit a handful of home runs. But ultimately, he has got a, a, a great hit tool, and 
He's going to hit for a good average. He's going to walk, which makes his on-base percentage even uh, more uh, sexy. But uh, from a fantasy perspective, I don't know that he's super valuable uh, unless you're really searching for average or on-base percentage. Yeah, I, I, de- I definitely am interested to see what he's going to do because, uh, you know, are they going to let him run? He doesn't have great speed uh, or, or anything like that. So, you know, if they if they want to let him run, take a few opportunities, that'd be nice. We'll kind of see what the power does, a 151 ISO in the minors. Sometimes when you get to the majors, you, you basically get a power boost. Uh, will he see that, you know, and Will it uh, will it pop up this year? Because obviously it's going to be just over a month that Urias is going to be able to play. It might not. So yeah, I went ahead and scooped him in, in a league just to, just to see because I, I like the talent. He actually did kind of tune up the strikeouts a bit this year. I don't know if he was going for some pop, but a 21% strikeout rate, well above anything he'd done. He'd actually had single-digit strikeout rates at every stop until last year at AA with 12%, which is still very good because it was a one-to-one strikeout-to-walk ratio. Then, like I said, this year's 21%, balanced by a 13% walk rate, though, so still not uh, not something I would say is problematic or anything like that. But I like Urias. I, I think you give him a shot, kind of see what he can do in a lot of formats. Um, the position eligibility will certainly help. I think he'll come up as a second baseman, uh, but we'll kind of see. I, yeah, I would think so, right, because that's kind of his primary yeah. minor league position. I think he was a shortstop at one point, but I think mostly he's been playing second base in the minor leagues. Oh, uh, looks like uh, ES looks like ESPN's going going with shortstop. Which is so, nice because if he that, plays second, he'll gain that exactly. eligibility and be second and short, you know, rest of the season at some point. And I could definitely uh, see that being a benefit because, you know, shortstop's pretty deep. So I'd almost prefer that he get that second base right away. So that's Luis Urias. Um, he's, he's up. I don't know if he's starting exactly tonight against Felix Hernandez, but I'm eager to watch him play. You know, Let's run to the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> From super young to super old? To super old, man. Matt Holiday is back in the majors, and I think this is cool, man. I, I, I dig it. He's back with Colorado. Uh, he's already played five games with them. He came up over the weekend. You know, a couple hits. He got four hits. He's in 286. Um, this was very much unexpected. I knew he was he was down there, but it's not like he was down there all season, so we were waiting on it. He had a little 16-game, you know, uh, get, get your feet under you sort of run, crushed it, hit three homers, 345, 455, 600 for the 38-year-old holiday, and now he's back where it all started with the Rockies in the majors. What do you think of Matt Holiday as a uh, outfielder down the stretch? Why? Why do they do Why? this? Like, I mean, don't— They need offense, though. But they've got Ryan McMahon. They refuse to play him. They've yeah, got, got other options. They've got Tapia in the minors. They refuse to play him. I mean, it's 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 just frustrating from a fantasy perspective to see them roll out players like this. Uh, it's fun to see him get to finish his career in Colorado. At the end of the day, I don't really care that much for fantasy. Yeah, I I, I hear you on on the you know why over so many others. Um, including Tapia, who I really do like and, and, and could definitely be a speed asset. Talkman, really interesting. I know Carson Sestouli is a big Talkman fan. Maybe do this in September then, give him a spot. But instead, you give him one of the 25s here for this uh, last week or so heading into September. Obviously, it'll be moot in a few days when rosters expand. You can get all those guys up. We'll see how often Matt Holiday plays. But if he hits, I think he's going to find his way into the lineup. And so it is a situation where I think in 15-teamers – 
I might actually, if I'm struggling for offense, I might put him on the reserve. But I think that's the most I can do right now um, until we see anything else. NL only, I think you also have to kind of take a look, uh, which is crazy to say because he's 38 years old and we kind of thought Matt Holiday might be done. But he's got one last kick here and we'll see what he can do with Colorado down the stretch. But it's, it's not a huge fantasy impactful move. And, uh, you know, it's one of those situations where there, there might be a team in your league that could use him, but it's not necessarily your team. So he's not a must pick up. We also had some uh, breaking news. Literally, as we were about to fire up, we got the, the alert that Jose Bautista is going to go to Philly. Uh, so he's going to be traded over there. A little bit of a snooze. Um, you know, I guess they needed another bad defender. I think uh, they already- they're looking for a platoon partner with Nick Williams in right field. Okay, well, Bautista has had some flourishes this year, but nothing He's great. He's walking. He's walking, which is in maintaining uh, his ability to to post a positive uh, a p- positive line here. 204, 351, 367, with nine homers and 302 plate appearances for the Mets. OBP league, you know, OBP NL only. Pretty specific league type here, because I also don't know uh, I think his playing time is going to go down. You're talking about being a platoon. That would be a short side platoon. So I think this is a bit of a snooze for me. And if anything, if you did have him in that sp- very specific format, you might be a little bit bummed because the playing time is going to dip, I think. Yeah, and especially once Justin Bohr comes back, the rosters yep. expand, they add people. Uh, I don't I don't know how he maintains any sort of playing time that's worthy of most fantasy leagues outside of NL only. Yeah, that's that's Jose Bautista. Now, maybe they jettisoned him. Well, obviously they did it because they, there's no need to keep him around. And if they can get even like a C minus, you know, low level minor league or take a shot for, for it, whatever, even some cash. I, I don't know. We haven't seen what's what's going back the other way. But uh, maybe they're clearing a spot for David Wright to come back. Speaking of, uh, you know, Nate blast from the past year right now with Matt Holiday, Jose Bautista and now David Wright. He's continuing his rehab in AAA. Uh, with with the Las Vegas club, you know he's coming. He just played back to back, or no, excuse me, he just had back to back off days. So now they're yeah, they're kind that's of the concerning. Part. That's the thing. They're not able. Sorry, I, I read that and I got excited. There, I was like, oh, he played back to back. No, no, no. He's been off two days in a row. Obviously, he's had all the issues with the back. It's been a, it's been an absolute nightmare here. This this kind of uh, latter portion of David Wright's career. Do you see anything here? Here are the two big numbers. It's 15 and 12. That's how many million dollars I have to pay in the next two seasons. Um, which isn't as bad as what they were paying him because they were paying him $20 million a year from 2014 through 2018. So yeah. uh, they have to make a decision on him by September 1st. That's when his rehab assignment ends. So oh. I think he comes up Agreed. Um, <laughs> on the 1st. I don't think he's fantasy relevant unless you get points for injuries. Yeah, I just, you know, it's not like he's down there in the minors raking either. And he's actually been in high A uh, and and not really doing much there through his 34 plate appearances. Small sample, sure, but you'd like to see David Wright, you know, uh, hitting the ball around a little bit to have any sort of confidence. We'll see if he's are, able to Are do- you not impressed by his .031 ISO? Actually, I kind of am. That's pretty awesome. No. <laughs> You know, it's it, it sucks because he was such a great player and it was so he was such a fun player to watch. And you can just see how injuries can absolutely ravage a player. And they've 
down here in his early 30s. I mean, he's, um, you know, his last effective season was 2014, and and that was about a league average season, but he did have 586 plate appearances. Since then, it's 174, 164, zero, and then zero so far this year for David Wright. So not much. Would definitely have to see something first for even an NL-only consideration, but I don't see a scenario where he has a major league, or excuse me, a mixed league uh, viability for David Wright. So uh, we're going to move on from that. One other thing, but since nothing's really happened on it, there's not a lot to get into. Josh Harrison has cleared waivers. We'll see if he gets moved. Obviously, Pittsburgh was adding at the deadline. Uh, rightfully so, I thought. Maybe not necessarily the price they paid, but I, I thought it was smart to bring in and try to keep pushing. They've fallen back a little bit, so now maybe they're looking to move a few pieces. We'll see if Josh Harrison goes somewhere. He should. And I if, mean, he's a free agent at the end of the year, and it's not like they're going to give him a qualifying offer. So wouldn't make sense to keep him around. I totally agree there. So all right, let's get into these call-ups. And uh, again, we're going to go through a lot of guys here, so some of them are just going to be kind of quick moving on some of the prospects will d- dive in on a bit more we're actually going to start with a couple of veteran arms for working their way back from injuries with michael pineda and matt Sh- uh, shoemaker pineda actually had already started his his minor league rehab but then i think uh, was felled by an injury yes excuse me had his elbow situation pop up so then he had to uh, oh no he had an no, mri he had knee, knee i'm an idiot yes. yeah Wow. So you're coming back from your elbow on Tommy John and then your knee starts barking. Awesome. However, the twins are still hopeful that it's all right and that he can come back in September. Michael Pineda, does he do anything for you here in September? Not really, because he hasn't gone longer than three innings in any of his rehab starts. Or actually, let me correct that. He went four innings in his first, but then hasn't gone uh, more than three innings in the in the previous three. He's got a knee injury. I think he is an interesting guy for 2019 if he can show some sure. health now. Uh, but, I mean, I, I've always been a Michael Pineda hater, uh, yeah. uh, in, including accidentally ranking him like 120-something <laughs> a couple of years ago. I remember that. Uh, so I, I'm not going to be buying in on, on Pineda right now. No, I, I think it's... I think it's risky. I, I don't usually mess with with Tommy John returns um, in that first year, especially. And you know, this is not going to be a, a huge impact one either way. I mean, if we get what's the what what's the thing that comes back last when you when you come back from Tommy John? Command and control. And what has he and, always struggled with? Well, particularly command. He actually has good control. The command is so poor though because he allows too many homers. He he'll pepper the zone. Pineda will, um, and I think that's why he gives up so many homers. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't say, you know, I can just walk a guy and get the next one. He's like, I'll challenge you on 3-1. And they're like, okay, 95 straight as an arrow? Sweet. I'm going to murder this pitch. And and that's exactly what happens. So, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not really sold here. The only thing I – I could change quickly only because the pitching landscape sucks so much that uh, if the knee was fine and he did start making some, some five-inning runs – that might turn me on Pineda, but as it stands right now, I'm not actively stashing him. It, it would be a wait and see. I'd have to see something, and I'd rather I'd rather have to pay a little bit more battling people if he makes kind of an impact than to just get him cheap uh, up front and 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 deal with the potential heartache for for Michael Pineda. Yeah. So I'm not really seeing a whole lot there. Give me the upside what about, of some of those other guys that we're going to talk about first. Exactly. What, what about Shoemaker himself? Now he's coming back from uh, a forearm injury. Uh, what, what did he do? Oh, he had forearm nerve surgery in late May. And so now he's coming along. 
Uh, he's going to make a 60 to 70 pitch outing here in high A. This was reported as of yesterday. So he's probably going to have a couple of uh, rehab starts and maybe come back, I don't know, a week or two into September so he could get a few starts. Matt Shoemaker's, you know, been a quality guy. Uh, only had the one start this year, and, 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 and that's been it. Had some rough times last year, also related to home runs. So it's interesting that we're bringing him up on the heels of Pineda because home runs, when when Shoemaker's off, it is home runs as well. What do you think of Shoemaker? Is he somebody that you're actively stashing or playing wait and see with as well? I think I'm playing wait and see. I want, I want to see how he looks in, in his first couple rehab uh, starts, see what the velocity readings are, if, if he's able to uh, command his stuff. I, I, I've never been a big Shoemaker guy either, so... It's kind of hard for me to want to buy in a guy who's dealt with this kind of injury and hasn't really pitched all year. Yeah, same. I, as far as kind of the wait and see, because I just um, again I would rather pay a little bit more of a premium if he does something to kind of make an impact as opposed to to jump it early and just kind of say oh this was this was a bust. Uh, let's move into the prospects then on, on the pitching side here, and we'll start with a guy who I thought might have gotten a call, but it looks like he got uh, he got leapfrogged by by Framber Valdez, and that is Josh James for the Houston Astros. Now they've had such a great rotation this year that despite having several guys in in the minor leagues do pretty well and would probably be worthy of a call-up in a lot of other scenarios. There just hasn't been the openings. In fact, until Lance McCullers went on the DL, they had the same five guys making their starts all season. However, when Lance McCullers comes back, he's not going to come back in the rotation. So this fifth spot is open. Framber Valdez has had a relief outing and a start, and uh, he's looked uh, all right so far. It's been nine and a third innings. I don't want to overrate it. It was an extended relief outing, by the way. It was four and a third. Uh, he came in in the second inning of that game. So that was almost a, a bit of a start. And then a five-inning solid start at the Angels. What do we think of uh, Josh James potentially getting up there, though, to to you think Valdez is going to stave him off? I wouldn't be surprised to see them move into a six-man rotation, maybe try to give some of their uh, studs an extra kind of day off or two. Okay. So James could get some shots, but I think if it's going if it's going to stay with five guys in the rotation, I think Valdez is the guy. He's lefty. It gives him more balance in the rotation. Uh, he's looked pretty good in his his first couple uh, uh, or his first start and first relief appearance. So. I think that's the direction they would go if they stayed with five uh, and only being what uh, two games up on, on Oakland, they may not have the opportunity to, to rest guys maybe the way they would have liked to. Sure. Um, so I think I'm going to go Valdez. Uh, okay. But James, ha- James had a big strikeout season, uh, a 41% mark in 22 innings at double A gets the call to triple A. He's continued to miss bats 35% clip. Uh, the ERA whip have been a uh, great 340-109 combo at AAA. You know, he's keeping the hits down. I mean, everything's there for the 25-year-old. I, I imagine he'll get called up and at least be on the roster, but I don't know that he'll find fantasy impact unless uh, unless Valdez takes a, a sharp left turn and, and starts getting knocked around a bit because that's really the only spot there. They're not moving on from JV, Cole, Keiko, or Morton, you know, barring an injury to one of them. So I think it's going to be hard for James because they've already kind of set. I think they've made the decision with Valdez. I don't know that they're going to turn in and just say, okay, now it's James. So that's kind of a bummer because he's been so good, but I just don't really see it right now. All right, let's move back over to a guy uh, 
who's been up and did did a little bit of something something, but then got hurt. Jonathan Loiziga, uh, aka Johnny Lasagna. He's a, he's going to be coming back for the Yankees, I think, at some point soon. Um, is he going to find his way into the rotation for the Yankees, as far as you're concerned, Jonathan Loisega? I think he. Loisega, excuse me. I mean, I think he should. Uh, I mean, it, it would it would make sense with how well he pitched uh, when he was up before, and I mean, it's not like Lance Lynn has been super reliable, so. Yeah, Lancelin started off strong, then fell back. You know, his last couple of starts have been been kind of wonky, uh, but CC just came back. So you got Sevi, Tanaka, CC. They're going to be there. John, uh, Sonny Gray. I know he had, didn't have a great outing his last time out, but oh my goodness, he's just not been that impressive. So you got back in the rotation for one. I think that was was that just because of the double header though. I, yeah, I think it was that was just a spot start. He's 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 pitching long relief, I think for the most part. Oh yeah, hello because they have half. So the problem is I just don't know if there's any room at the end because you're talking Savvy Tanaka, CC, Hap, Lynn. So I think it really is Lynn that would that would have to But really I mean fall again, to- this is a situation where I think they could go to a six-man rotation. They've got a playoff spot locked up. Uh, they may want to. I, I mean, wouldn't say that it's locked up. They, what? They don't have the. You don't think they have the wild card locked up? No. Oh, Oakland's right there, and Seattle's not going away, oh, man. I keep forgetting they about just Seattle. Don't quit. I know they just don't quit. I've kind of, you know, I kind of put them in the uh, on the back burner myself a, a bit ago, and then just kind of watching them over the weekend in Arizona, and they just they, just, they do not quit. And uh, I know they had their whole one run thing. That uh, I mean had a bit of a, a regression pattern, but now it's back on track where they are winning one-run games yet again. And so they're not going anywhere. Do I favor the Yankees for a spot? Absolutely. Wow, but do I say it's up, locked yeah. and loaded? I do not because because of the Mariners and even the hard-charging Rays. Obviously, they're much further out. They're uh, uh, double-digit games behind the, behind the Yankees, but there's still a full month, too, and I imagine that those two teams will play some games. So it's not 100% locked and loaded, even though they are in the driver's seat. Uh, the Yankees are for a spot. I just I don't know that they'll be able to play, you know, games and say let's let's do a six man. Although uh, there if are you're doing nine a games man, from that second wild spot card spot, I mean that's with a month left. I think that feels pretty locked and loaded to me. But I mean, we've seen crazier things happen. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't. I don't even think it would be that crazy if they lost it. I, I, I don't think, think they're they, going to. I think they if they would be smart with rosters expanding to move to. Uh, or, or use him as a guy who can kind of give, Lewisica. yeah, kind of give people, uh, you know, an extra day or two here. You know, keep Sevy on his five days, but there's no one else in this rotation that is that, uh, that special that you need to give them a fifth day. Otherwise, or make sure they stay on that fifth five day rotation, and you've got older guys in this rotation that you, you don't want to burn out before the playoffs. So, I think he, I think he'll get some spot starts at least down the stretch. Yeah, it'll be interesting because I like Loizaga, and he, he had some impressive stuff. But Lynn's done pretty well, so I, I, I it's hard to really bet on Loizaga in anything but an AL or super deep mixer right now because you don't know what's going to be happening with his playing time. But keep a close eye on him, and if something does open up, if somebody else gets hurt or if Lynn, uh, you know, falters, like I said, started off with three strong, then had two wonky. If they, you know, if he gets beat up again, I think he pitches tonight or tomorrow, and then um, and, and then they say, oh, well, we're going to move him back to the bullpen. 
then I would start to be more interested in Johnny Lasagna. But until then, it's kind of a, a, a super deep league play. Uh, let's talk about Jesus Lazardo from Oakland. Very intriguing prospect. I would put his likelihood of being called up pretty low, though, um, because he is he is a guy that I think he's only had four or five starts. And hang on, I'm pulling it up right now at AAA. He he been in Double A most of the year. I uh, actually started in High A, then Double A. Now he's got four starts in Triple A, and it hasn't gone well results wise. He's given up 25 hits in his 16 innings. Uh, he's a 20 year old. Really encouraging and be fun and exciting maybe to see him come up, but I'm just not sure that they're going to have the need or desire to do it. And if they did, it might even be to just strengthen that bullpen even more. But I figure I'd give him a mention because he's been such an interesting prospect this year and really zoomed up uh, prospect list. Jesus Lazardo for Oakland, what do you think? I would have said that there was no chance he was coming up, uh, at least not as a rotation piece. Um, a week ago, but I think we'll have a little bit more insight into whether or not there's a chance that he comes up after Manaya sees uh, Dr. Elatash. I can never pronounce this guy's name. Elatash. Elatash. Neil Elatash. I always think uh, like he's at- reattaching people's arms and stuff. <laughs> so um, that's kind of how I remember who he is. Um, so I, oh if Manaya is out for the rest of the season, they may take the chance. I mean, this guy has huge upside. Oh, super electric. Uh, Jesus Lazardo. again, we're talking about top, you know, top-tier prospect here. He's a beast. You know, not a super happy note, but I just noticed he, he, he went to Stoneman Douglas, the, uh, the, the Parkland school where obviously that, that horrific tragedy happened. I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, I, I know that uh, Anthony Rizzo did as well, but uh, what a stupid thing to bring up in the middle of, of talking about that. I don't know why I did yeah, because now awkward. it's just sad. Yeah, super awkward. I'm, I'm sorry about that. But um, I don't know. The thing of it is he's been so rough at AAA. That's the that's the part that gets me. I'm like, are they going to put stock into the 16 innings and say you're not ready? Or is this a lot of you know weak base hits that are getting through or just you know kind of yeah, getting babbipped I mean, a little bit? One of those starts was at Colorado Springs. Okay. Um, so, I mean, maybe I don't give that one as much credence. I mean, he was good uh, against the Giants AAA organization and Miami's, uh, you know, another bad start re- or really bad start. Uh uh, against St. Louis, I don't know. His I, most recent one, yeah, the the Memphis Redbirds one. That was like the disaster. Eight hits, that's eight not runs. like a launching pad, but at the same time, it, like it wasn't like he gave up a crap ton of homers or anything like that. He just got dinked and dunked. It was base hits. I mean, it was yeah. just base hits all, all, all day that game for Lazardo. So you know, there's a chance he gets called up. We'll see if it if he would get a chance to uh, be in the rotation with any consistency. I think if he gets called up. I'm taking a shot in a lot of leagues just because too. of the lightning in the bottle situation. Even if he's just a reliever, I mean, uh, I, I had a great segment with Todd Zola uh, on my radio show that you can, you can go, I think, catch it on uh, like iTunes or uh, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and uh, he he did a great article recently about how you can still move your ERA and WHIPs right now. Yes, um, he's al- he's always good about talking about that. Todd is because people think that they can't. And you absolutely can because people can move down, which is the key factor that people don't remember is that other teams can move down. So it's not just about an accumulation like a counting number where everyone's up, 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 ERA and whip. 
you can come back. Well, and especially with how bad the starting pitching landscape is right now, that mm-hmm. the average person, their six or seven starter on their fantasy team, you know, probably has like a four, 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 five ERA. If Crazy. you can put in a guy who can even just in small stretches put up a you know two five ERA, you're going to make up ground in, in in that category. So even if he comes up as a reliever, I think he's worth an ad. Okay, that's Jesus Lazardo for Oakland. All right, I got a couple of Braves here. Luis Gohara, Tuki Toussaint, 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 Toussaint. Tuki Toussaint came up, had a good start. Looked like he was going to come up last week too. They were kind of hinting at it. It never happened. They do have kind of a lockdown five right now, though, with Tehran, Newcomb, Fulte, Anibal Sanchez, and Gosman. Is there room for either Gohara or Toussaint? I don't know that there is. I think Toussaint um, showed enough that uh, maybe they give him the role. But, like, who do you bump out? Anibal's actually been pretty good, and I think he would be the one on the bubble just because of his age and lack of track record over the last couple years. But Gosman, I mean, the the numbers you tweeted out on Gosman recently are just like, oh, it, 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 it's fantasy, you know, the Matthew Berry fantasy kryptonite thing all over again. Yes. Like, I'm just going to fall for this every year. I don't think you can move anybody out right now. So it would require an injury because, as you mentioned, Abel Sanchez hasn't just been, you know, pat making the grade. He's been excelling. He's got a 305 ERA, 108 whip combo with, uh, with skills to back it. Um, you know, not quite to a 305, but you're looking at a 387 FIP. That plays. And so, uh, again, Gosman, Beasting, Fulte, Newcomb have been kind of their one-two. Newcomb's probably been the wobbliest lately. Um, but he and just even, had a good start, right? Exactly. He, and so he's not going anywhere. And Tehran uh, has been really suppressing hits brilliantly. And so even though his skills are a little wobbly from a uh, strikeouts, walks, home runs standpoint – He's also kind of their guy, you know, not, I wouldn't say necessarily like their ace, but he's like one of their workhorses. He's been around forever. They're not taking him out in September and saying, you sit on the sidelines during this great run, especially when he's pitching really well. So as much as I like both Tucson and Gohara, I don't really see it. So I don't think that we're, I don't think that we're going to have any reason to go crazy for either unless an injury opens up a spot. Yeah, and I think Tucson gets would get the first opportunity. I know Gohara just got moved Agreed. back up into the rotation, but his stuff plays so well out of the pen that it wouldn't surprise me to see them put him back in there. Love them both long-term, and, and really that's one Agreed. of the things I talked about in my chat today because people kept asking questions about all these Atlanta pros, uh, pitching prospects. Is It's amazing how deep this, uh, this farm system is in pitching. I mean, no, it really is. I mean, we th- those two teams would would kill to have those two as kind of their you their add on main Kyle guys. Wright and, and uh, uh, Allard and Ian Anderson, Ian Anderson and Wilson, and I mean, it's just oh yeah, that Bryce Wilson guy who came up and and, yeah. and threw a gem. Like they, we're barely scratching the surface of what see, they have pitching wise. We can wise. see all of those guys except for Ian Anderson up when rosters expand. You know, coming out of the bullpen. They're really going to lengthen uh, their their pitching capabilities there in Atlanta, and it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, Toussaint maybe a deeper league, even if he is pitching out of the bullpen, the, some sort of the similar scenario that you were talking about with Lazardo, because he could still be high impact, maybe help your ratios a bit, give you some strikeouts. But I'm not sure either is going to find starts, barring something unforeseen, which would be injury. Uh, two more pitchers, both at NL East actually, Sandy Alcantara for. Miami and Enel de los Santos for Philly. 
uh, obviously two different scenarios there. You got Miami. They're, uh, you know, they're they're obviously just playing out the string here. They've had some intriguing guys. In fact, Alcantara's been up this year at, at, at different points. They they have some intriguing guys that are actually making a little bit of noise with like a, a Pablo Lopez and and Trevor Richards. And so with those two, Chen, Straley, and super cool Jose Ureña, and by, I'm being very sarcastic there, uh, I'm not sure that, that Alcantara's going to get a shot. By the way, he only has the he one is, start. He, Mattingly said yesterday that he will come up when rosters expand. Okay, good. Do you think he'll be in the rotation? I do. Are they going to go six-man? Sure, why not? <laughs> they should try to find a way to <laughs> trade one of Straley or Chen, though, right? I mean, because there's no way they can trade Chen. Oh on, yeah, he's on, his, his contract is ridiculous. They could trade Straley, but they've seemingly wanted to keep him for some reason. There's been a lot he's of interest, solid, which but... I, I get. But you're in a long, what is going to be a long rebuild. Why not Agreed. get something for this arm? He's uh, not going to be part of the, their no. next their next quality team, and and then you would give Alcantara. We, may, no, we may not be part of their next quality team. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, I saw Sandy Alcantara at AAA uh, pitching against Round Rock. Really impressive, man. Just blazing. Does the, he the have, heat. My question is, does he have secondary stuff? Because Not really. And, and in fact, the, the heat itself. I think itself, he's a closer long term. I, I, I've kind of felt that way since he was with St. Louis, to be honest. Um, and, and even the fastball at times kind of, you know, you love seeing the, the readings. But, yeah, it was straight and – Every time the Miami team, New Orleans, seemed to get going, he would give it back up. It was a really there fun no game. strikeouts. Like he, 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 in AAA, he's got less than seven strikeouts per nine this year. And that's because he doesn't have secondary stuff. And fastballs alone, they're just not going to do it. So, uh, But he could get called up. I, I wouldn't really see a whole lot of appeal outside of NL only, even if he was put into the rotation. That's Sandy Alcantara from Miami. What about Enya De Los Santos? Similar situation in that he got one spot start. It was kind of interesting, uh, and then we haven't heard from him since. Um, oh, excuse me. He got more than one start. I am a clown. Why do I only remember? I only remember the one start. Like, he had, he opened with a decent start. Oh, then he started again at Miami after that. Didn't do well. Then had a little uh, uh, brief relief appearance uh, a month later. So I, I missed the, the other two parts. I, you know what? I just wanted to lock in on the quality start and not think anymore about any of De Los Santos. Um where is he going to pitch? Thank you. That's I just I don't I don't necessarily see. Even though quality quality minor leaguer, he's having a great season at AAA. Where is it really going to fit in for their rotation, barring some, an opening that we don't foresee right now? Because they got uh, Nola, Arietta, Pavetta, Velasquez, Eflin. That's your five. That's the five you want to go with. I don't really think you want to mess with any of that. If you were um, going to add someone, wouldn't you add a lefty? Ideally. So I just yeah I mean uh, I don't I don't think it's gonna happen for him. Could that... could be another relief impact though. Although he doesn't have a huge strikeout rate, and if I am gonna do something like that with a Lazardo or or Toussaint, I want the strikeouts with the potential ratio goodness too, because you don't know how much ratio goodness you're gonna get because of the innings count. So I don't really see it with uh, De Los Santos. I, I would actually favor Alcantara over De Los Santos to be honest. All right, let's get into the hitters. Let's start at the very top. Does Vlad Guerrero Jr. get called up? Uh, I, I think ultimately this is a crapshoot. I don't think any like anybody who tells you they know what's going on with the Toronto organization is lying. Um, right. And so that being said, I'm going to say he does. I'm going to say they want to sell tickets in the last month of the season, and he's the way to do it. 
okay. I mean, it would certainly, uh, it, it would certainly be a, a very alluring. You know, we want to see the best players up. We need a better ma- major league system because the fact that uh, this has to get addressed in the next CBA. Yeah, because the fact that they're incentivized not to call call them up is stupid. Because I totally get it. Like they 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 shouldn't necessarily from you know making their best decisions. But at the same time, please please get Vlad Jr. up. Everybody wants to see him so badly. So uh, I kind of I hope he does too. Now one thing, if they do call him up, it better not ruin his his chances to go to the Arizona Fall League, or I'll be angry. I think I would rather... what it could do is push back when he comes up to start next year. So That's true. do you want a quick glimpse at him now, or do you want him up mid-April next season? So I think that – because some, someone pointed out to me that I had been saying that uh, September doesn't uh, count against the uh, the, uh, the arbitration clock, and it it does. I was, I was mistaken on that. But uh, I think that – I think they, they – I don't know how they can defend this. Like I just like there's there's baseball no, or the Jays. The Jays, like how they can defend not having this guy up once rosters expand. I mean, I don't know how they've even gotten away with defending it now. Like if there was I mean, ever the a time way for teams a grievance, always defend it. I mean, it's it's so ridiculous. Uh, it's completely egregious, but it's the stupid system that we have, and it needs to change. I think um, there was news yesterday that the Players Association hired. A really big time lawyer who's kind of known for uh, for really working well with unions and kind of getting things done, and and a lot of people suggested that that's signaling that uh, we could be in for a, a big labor battle here, where the players are gonna are gonna make some moves here uh, and and maybe get some of this stuff addressed because there's issues right now. It, you have a bad setup when uh, teams are incentivized not to have their best players up the moment that they they're. But I mean, Capable you know, the, of being up. the union has never done a good job at representing the minor leagues because correct, they're not, you know, the <laughs> there are no minor league players in the union, so they're paying for it now, though, with with the way the free agency has gone. That's exactly right. It's finally coming home to roost on on these these major leaguers because now the veterans are being shuffled uh, aside, saying, "Well, why are we going to pay you when we can bring up the minor leaguer to do?" more or less your job and maybe even spike something huge when a Juan Soto well, and, is, and ends up being ready. You're not, getting to go, you're not getting to go to free agency until you're in your late 20s. Yeah. You know, for something, a lot of these it, guys it past the prime. Yeah. It has to change. It's a bad system. It, 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 our league is messed up when the best players, um, in the best young players, there's no incentive to bring them up for their teams. Because, again, I get it on Toronto's end. It sucks. Though it sucks and it needs to be be fixed, so I really hope we see Vlad up. That'd be great. Obviously, he'd be an all formats guy. He is available still in some leagues because I know like uh, those tight, you know, ten team mixers of AL uh, and or excuse me, of ESPN and uh, Yahoo. We only have like three bench spots. It's kind of hard to stash him, so he is still floating in some leagues there. If you want to jump it, now is the time though. Do it to take just, that just shot. Take, take the chance. We'll know this. Just weekend. hold him for a week. Yeah, yeah. just hold him for a week. Just in case, um, I, I absolutely think that that's the right play there in those leagues where he's available. And I, I do speak from experience. There's a couple of of my shallower mixed leagues, the one on ESPN, where he is available. So um, I think I, I think I got to make that move. I got I got to just try. I don't play right. in shallow leagues like that, so he's not available anywhere for me. Well, and 
you know, this one's a keeper, but it's like just five straight up keepers, and I don't know that he's a a, a, a top fifty guy. I will never forgive myself for dropping him in my dynasty league. Why did you do that? I did it before he became what he is. Before he became okay. I, I you should shouldn't yeah, have done that. I That's got him with like a fourth advice. round supplemental pick, and I was like, oh, this is fun because I get to draft, you know. Uh, a guy's son who I, you know, had, a, had, a, you, yeah, had the father, you know, um, so, and then, uh, and I can't remember who I dropped him for, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm never going to forgive myself for that one. It is my professional advice that you shouldn't have done that. Yes. I appreciate that. This is well, why you're the best in the business and I'm just me. You know, come with the noise. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about some guys who've been in the majors and, uh, and done some things before we get to another guy who I'm going to ask you, it does he get called up? You guys know who it is. Yes. It's a little Jimenez, but we're going to, we're going to go with this. We're going to go in order here. Austin Meadows, Byron Buxton, Kyle Tucker, kind of a, a hodgepodge there of, of what they've done. Meadows came up, made some noise with Pittsburgh, kind of flattened out, been sent back down, then traded to Tampa Bay in the Chris Archer deal. They're kind of waiting. He'll be up back. He'll be back up soon. Byron Buxton. We know he's been you know, a bust to this point. I don't think he's a full-on bust. It's too young to say that, but uh, he's certainly been underwhelming. And then Kyle Tucker has been has had a few flashes in the majors this year, right? Or one. I'm, I'm apparently terrible at remembering how many times guys have been called up. He this called. Year. So he gonna, got called up once, but it wasn't it wasn't pretty. Once, and it was a little bit extended. He did get 59 plate appearances, but they were ugly. 154, 254, 212. I would put no merit into that in terms of whether or not I'd pick him up if he gets called back up, Kyle Tucker. Um, but it, it, honestly, I kind of love that he did that because now people are going to be off of him because people are insane. So, Buxton, Tucker, how do you feel going order? Start with Meadows. Uh, Meadows is absolutely crushing it in AAA for the Rays since being traded. Has over. to be up, right? Like, Has yeah, he, up. he's got to be up. Uh, and Maybe I, already should be. He, he's a must-add if uh, if he's not already owned. Um, Buxton. Oh, man, it's this one's hard because Buxton has a tool that can be so valuable in a short spell. You're talking about his speed, of course. Yeah, like he like he could steal eight or nine bases down the stretch if he could figure out how to get on base. The problem, even is, with like a three ten OBP, he could yeah. do it. Yeah, he for could. Buxton, like, and that doesn't even include the fact that you could get some pop with it too. Like, we're just talking about the one thing that that Buxton could do is just steal a bunch of bases for you real quick. Uh, let alone the fact that he could be a game changer. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you got to take the shot on him as long as you don't need average or, or on base percentage down the stretch. If if your average feels really safe, your on base percentage feels pretty safe, then I think you, you've got Adam just for the upside alone because we've seen him come up in these small stretches and in the second half and things and, and just be fantastic. And then he disappoints you after you spend mm-hmm. money on him in draft day, Chris Liss. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <Get God. laughs> um, but at the end of the day, the upside's huge. You take the shot on the upside. Uh, Tucker, I think um, I, I just worry that there's not going to be enough playing time for him. Yeah, especially with Marvin Gonzalez uh, really showing flashes of what he did last year, kind of getting back on track, which is nice to see, by the way. I was actually really worried about Marvin Gonzalez, uh, you know, living up to last year. But this line that he has now, he's got he's at a 111 WRC plus 14 homers. This is kind of what I expected. And he was lagging well below that. So he needed a hot streak to kind of get there. So. You know, I kind of thought he'd be solid if unspectacular with a lot of uh, positional flexibility. He's finally getting to that line. But uh, Tony Kemp's been hitting really well. And so I just – I don't know where they're going to play. 
where where they would play him at all even with uh you know Springer was down for a while he's back so Tucker I think I think they're kind of ranked in order of of my interest too that was not necessarily my design but that's where I'm at with Meadows Buxton Tucker and in a mixed league similar scenario that we're talking about with the uh you know like ESPN Yahoo where you only have maybe three to five bench spots are you jumping Meadows or Buxton right now preemptively I'm jumping Meadows for sure okay so go ahead and get get your Meadows Right now, if you need that offense, because he can be kind of game-changing, too. Remember, we saw he came up, and he had the pop that we talk about. When you get to the majors, you just, get a, you just get a power boost. And this next guy is another, why the hell isn't he up? Because they're not incentivized to, but they did call up Kopech, so will they call up Aloy Jimenez? I think they will. I think I think this, the, the fact that they called up Kopech means that this they feel that this is that they are on the the cusp of being ready to compete. And I don't know why they feel that way, because I don't think their team is uh, complete enough to do that next season. But if there's no reason they should have brought Kopech up if they, if they don't feel this way. So why not just bring up all their guys uh, and see what they have in them? Uh, Eloy has Eloy's a legit pr- prospect. He's going to hit for a ton of power in... in uh, Chicago, uh, I would jump him over Buxton and Kyle Tucker right now. Okay, wow, that's that's a big move there. So Eloy Jimenez, you definitely look at, uh, at him, and, and boy, he's been he's been so good. I remember seeing him at the fall league when he was still with the Cubs, and his batting practice was just so impressive. Of course, you know it's a BP session; you don't want to go too crazy, but he just he he had everything though too because the the size and just dominance. 64205 looked the part crushing the ball he's dominated both double and triple a this year in fact he's been better at triple a to he's a point where he's striking out 12% of the time i mean that's the craziest part with this power and it gets to the point what you were talking about with vlad where it's just it's embarrassing that he's not up it's like cuz what the hell can you do this is supposed to be a meritocracy uh in sports right you perform you get you get the call ups you get rewarded and Again, I'm not going to do the same rant I just did, but our system right now in the league is is such where that's not always true. So hopefully Jimenez gets called up. He'd be an all-formats guy for sure. And I think there is some availability in a similar situation to with what we're seeing with Vlad where because it's hard to hold a guy when you only have three roster spot, uh, bench spots, but now's the time. You take the, the, the jump now. If they're not up in like a week or so, you move on. All right, let's uh, jump down a little bit in terms of uh, potential – impact but still some interesting guys here alex verdugo uh for the dodgers uh we already mentioned rymel tapia for the for the rockies and then oscar mercado is an interesting one for the cleveland indians he was in a prospect for prospect deal between the the cardinals and cleveland indians cleveland indians have had outfield issues kind of all year and so i would feel like they would want to to really get him up there i will say Melky Cabrera has been on fire lately, and uh, Greg Allen's even been showing some things. His bottom line won't won't show you that he has a 622 OPS, but he has been doing some things lately. He's a speed guy, uh, but I don't think that uh, that that their outfield is so set that they can't fit Mercado in there. Brantley's really the only lockdown. So, what do you think of Verdugo, Tapia, and Mercado? Uh, I mean, I like Verdugo. I think he's a better real life player than fantasy kind of guy. Totally agree. Totally um, agree. And I don't know where he plays uh, in this kind of stacked Dodgers lineup. Yep. So that's my biggest concern with that is there's not much of a ceiling. uh, And 
I just don't understand where the playing time comes. Uh, obviously, the Rockies hate uh, Romel Tapia, um, so I, I, you know, as much as I, I think the talent is really interesting, and I'd love to see him play full time in Colorado, I just don't see that happening. Mercado is an interesting situation because this was kind of a, a middling prospect to say the least. I think until. Uh, People really started paying attention to him this year, and I don't know why, especially fantasy owners, haven't paid more attention to him. Because, Blazing speed. Yeah, I mean, he's stolen at least 30 bases in each one of his uh, last four minor league seasons. He's got 31 this year, or sorry, 30, uh, 36 this year in 125 games between the Cardinals and the Indians. He's struggled uh, hitting since being traded over the Indians, but... His speed is is fantastic, and his defense is uh, pretty good. So I think there's a real chance he comes up, and he's the upside play. Like we were talking about with Buxton having the ability to have you know game changing ability over the last month because of his stolen base prowess. Uh, Mercado has got that. So mm-hmm. um, you know, especially if they can put him at second base, uh, I think he would be super interesting. Oh, Mercado plays infield too. It says on or is here. he only infield? I thought. Why did I think he was an outfielder? I'm dumb. No, he played outfield. Okay, I'm not. I'm not. Oh. I am dumb, but not as dumb as I thought. Um, he does have some uh, infield experience, but he has played outfield this year. So I, I did yeah, not. Yeah, or he could play. Or he could play center. So um, the interesting part, though, is is that uh, he kind of profiles like Greg Allen, so they might already have a, a Mercado up. At, at this point, and maybe they just stick with Greg Allen uh, and let uh, let Melky ride his hot hand. He, like I said, he's been on fire of late, and they go Brantley, Allen, uh, Melky. I do like Greg Allen, by the way, as a speedster that that you might want to see uh, do some things for you. But Mercado could get called up at least to be on the roster, and then if it's kind of a battle between those two, we'll see who can catch that lightning in a bottle for the small sample. And uh, I, I've liked Toppy again since AFL. Uh, I remember he had this this two strike approach where he would do this hilarious <laughs> crouch, and it, we were it's all just ridiculous. bugging out. We we're like, "What the heck is going on?" It was great. Uh, I don't think he still does it, or at least maybe not to the same extent. Uh, I believe somebody mentioned that to me because I, I talked about him on a solo pod one time, and I think somebody said that he's not quite doing the the exaggerated crouch. I, I, guys, I can't properly describe it. You have to go look at it, but he like would just kind of have a normal stance. Then he gets in two strikes and he literally like bends over at the waist and like creates a right angle with his body for some reason. And I, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's why the Rockies it, hate him. It, it's almost like, uh, the strike zone and rookie of the year where like, yes. hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make my strike zone as small as possible. So, small. so you can't get a third strike. Third strike. Uh, yeah. And then as far as Verdugo, he does, just doesn't have playing time. If something happened injury wise, I would be interested. I agree with you on the better real life than fantasy, mainly because he's such a good defender. But I just really like this kid. I'm, I, I'm really I love him, too. He's Dugo. because I play in deeper formats. He's one of those guys I love because the floor is super high. Yes. And honestly, I was like so bummed when Michael Fulmer got hurt because I know that there, there were some Dodgers rumors. And I was like, please. Let's get just an Alex Verdugo, Michael Fulmer deal set set up here. As much as I like Fulmer, 
trading an arm and, and getting some uh, some uh, prospect talent on the hitting side would be so impressive. Uh, but obviously it did not come to fruition, and he's still out there with the Dodgers. So he would need an injury for sure. Tapia Mercado could kind of force their way in if if they had the right playing time opportunity. Uh, let's talk about a couple backstops. Francisco Mejia, we know he was traded from Cleveland over to San Diego. Um, he could get a go. Now he's catcher eligible, I believe, but he wouldn't necessarily play catcher if he came up with them because he is can catch he catcher eligible you know what I, that's I, I think quest. some formats he is in some formats he's not i think some formats he's util only because he came up for those few games last year and only dh'd all right good sir espn specifically i'm on, I'm on my league there so i'm looking at that he is dh only so that's interesting if you have a scenario where he is catcher eligible that's where mejia think, would like, be interesting tracks he's catcher eligible I'll, I'll check cbs real quick because um, I know I've got uh, a number of leagues over there, but he's I, been up um, for he's been up for the uh, Cleveland Indians this year, but I don't think he's been up with San Diego since getting on their team. He is catcher uh, yeah. eligible in CBS. Okay, so CBS fan tracks, you're good. ESPN, no. What about Yahoo? I don't have a Yahoo. I, I don't play a lot Yahoo. Okay, so honestly, if you like look at a position, I think eligibility at yahoo so the fact that he you know if you were a minor if you were a little league catcher sometimes you carry that eligibility with you which i still have eligibility at third base (laughs) it's funny to make fun of but for me personally like i like more eligibility especially in deeper leagues um we we have well and they and they play those kind of weird uh roster requirements uh, there too, in their in their standard leagues and stuff. So it's it's fun to have the extra eligibility. Yeah, I I don't always hate it. Obviously, you can get you can get egregious with it, but in a deep league specifically, I like even one game eligible, like an NL only of like more than ten teams, AL or NL only. I think you should do one game. Yes, it'll create some goofiness, but the waiver wire is such garbage in those leagues that I I don't mind it. I, I think it's all right. You know, you get a guy who subs in at shortstop who is, you know, a first baseman, and now he's got shortstop eligibility. I don't think it ruins the integrity of the league, personally. I know some of you are probably freaking out on that, but I don't mind that in deeper formats. But I love it got, when I benefit from it. I hate yeah. it when other people benefit from it. Let's yeah. just be honest here. <laughs> Let's be real. Uh, but I, I, I'm the commissioner of two leagues where I set it up, so I know that I'm not always going to benefit from it. So I, maybe I'm a little a little bit more, uh, you know, open to other people benefiting from it, as long as they don't beat me because of it. But uh, you got Mejia, who might be catcher then, and then Tom Murphy, speaking of Colorado, who will be catcher eligible. What do you think of either of those guys getting called up, and what, what could they do out there in the NL West? Tom Murphy's really interesting to me because, you know, it's Colorado. He's a fake player, and he's still and... playing. <laughs> I love that still. Uh... still. I'm going to tell the story one more time just because we've had we had new listeners every once in a while doing an Arizona Fall League draft, um, which I can't wait to do. I can't believe how close it is, by the way. We're about uh, two months away. And so we do we do a league um, on the Friday or Saturday night there. And uh, I'm I'm always in that league. I'm out there drafting. Eno goes out, has uh, has dinner, has some uh, adult beverages with it, comes back. Checks out my team. He's like, oh, you know, that's good. I like that guy. I like that guy. He goes, who the hell's Tom Murphy? That's not a real player. 
dead serious because the best part of it is sometimes a player doesn't have a sticker so you have to use one of the blank stickers and write their name and that happened to be the case with tom murphy so he joins the toughy ghostfish hall of fame of being a fake player because Eno was absolutely incredulous that tom murphy existed and we were all just dying it was it was, was absolutely this the hilarious. same year as the kevin Pillar situation no thankfully not but that was We'll tell that, that story quite, another time. That was quite a year. Uh, yeah, I, I'm an idiot. Uh, but yeah, Tom Murphy, obviously Coors is appealing. Uh, he's been up a little bit this year. 91 uninspired plate appearances. He got a 650 OPS. But he could get some burn, and uh, he could be kind of interesting there. But Chris Iannetta has been meh. So I don't think that, that he's really blocking him off. Tony Walters has been even worse. So nobody's blocking Murphy, and he is catcher-eligible, guaranteed. So I actually like him, I think, more than uh, than Mejia, even though he's not a, as big of a prospect. I think the upside is, is greater. It's just, you know, the, the power is obviously, uh, is obviously there. He hasn't hit, you know, for a great average or anything like that, considering he's playing in, uh, was it Albuquerque, I think? Is, yeah. is is Colorado's spot now. Um, so, but at, at the end of the day, it's Coors, it's a catcher position. The catcher position has been absolutely atrocious. So, been so. Uh, all right, we're going to run through a few more here. Let's stick with that organization, Colorado. Garrett Hampson, he's been up second baseman. Uh, he got called up for a brief stint, didn't really find playing time. DJ LeMahieu had an oblique injury. And it was one of those ones where the timetable actually ended up being uh, correct. And so he did come back kind of quickly. And obviously, DJ LeMayhew is their guy. But uh, could Garrett Hampson come up and do something? Because he also has electric speed. Do you like him at all? Uh, I like him, but where does he play? I mean, we have uh, DJ LeMayhew power hitter. Um, Dude. It set a career high last year, uh, last night with a big grand slam. That game was really interesting, by the way. It was a really fun game to watch. I was watching that one while I was streaming, and we were, uh, you know, going crazy over how wild that game was. Did set, you know, remember when he hit like five homers? I, I tweeted it out. He had five homers in his first seventy-six plate appearances, and everyone was like, "Oh, is he is he on a power trip?" He himself was like. No, I've not changed anything. I've just hit some homers. And, uh, you know, to his credit, he did not lie to us because then he he took the rest of the season basically to set a career high. He has seven over his last, whatever, 300-plus appearances. But he did set a career high. He does have 12. But I think LeMahieu's locked in, so I think Hampson would need an injury at this point, right? Yeah, he's got uh, LeMahieu's got three homers over the last 10 days, hitting 353, 389, 676. He's not coming out of this lineup, so it's just not it's just not going to happen. So Hampson would have to find somewhere else to play and I don't know if he's like an outfield capable. They they just they're, they're such a weird team. I don't, I don't want to talk about the Rockies anymore. Sorry. Uh let's talk about two initial name guys for Houston. Uh AJ Reed, JD Davis. They've uh I think it's another scenario though like where there's no yeah. room at the They're end right now. They're already having trouble getting all of their pieces into the lineup with Tyler White. With Tyler hitting. White breaking, yeah. yep. And so I just don't really see it. The, the, their names to know if injuries strike again. Obviously, they had a rash of injuries that really decimated the team. They're getting all their pieces back, and they're taking off. So I just don't know that J.D. Davis or A.J. Reed is going to find the time because also you mentioned Tyler White. He kind of blocks off Reed at this point anyway. So it's hard to really get excited about either of them. Dustin Fowler in Oakland. Um, you know, I kind of thought he would get a, get a look more uh, sooner, but uh, Nick Martini ended up getting called up, and and he's kind of made the most of his playing time. So I think he's kind of now. Clapped. Reno's come in and and been and played well and it, as oh. well. 
um, and plays been good really defense. impressive. So, so I, I just again, where where does he play? I don't see it. If he does get called up, though, he can be a speed consideration. Dustin Fowler for AL only. And then if the playing time opened up, maybe some mixed league viability. But with Loriano and Martini, uh, along with the guys they already have, I don't see it. Uh, so it's it's tough there. And then the last one is another former major leaguer who uh, who's been knocking around and and might get it might get some time, but it is with a major uh, is with a competing team competing team I should say. Talking is difficult. Uh, Chris Owings <laughs> could get called back up to Arizona. Uh, I'm not necessarily. He can bounce around though, right? He's got outfield yeah, infield eligibility, uh, but they've got a lot of guys playing well. You know, they brought Eduardo Escobar on, who ended up being a Jake Lamb replacement, so he didn't really supplement the team. Uh, Nick Ahmed and Cattell Marte have both had ebbs and flows uh, throughout the season, where they've looked really good. They both, I, I know, not, I know Nick Ahmed is a great glove. I don't know if Cattell Marte is, but they both, you know, kind of established themselves in that middle infield with Daniel Descalso, and then the outfield is locked as long as they're healthy with Peralta, Pollock, and Souza Jr. Uh, even though Stuza hasn't been great, so I just don't know where Owings would play. Yeah, I think uh, Owings is more of a long-term play for next year with, I think, A.J. Pollock's a free agent, where Escobar will be gone. Uh, so there'll, there'll be some openings next season. I think this season, if, if Descalso wasn't on the team to kind of bounce around already, I'd say, yeah. oh, he's an interesting kind of utility guy. And Descalso has a little, little thirty age 31 breakout, too. So not only is he the utility guy, but he's also doing well. So I just don't see it. And plus, Owings didn't didn't do anything in his 273 plate appearances this year uh, to make you say, well, we got to get him back in the lineup with a 555 OPS. So I just don't really see it there. So, you know, it's a mixed bag of potential call-ups here. And if we missed anybody, definitely put it in the comments and, and uh, or tweet us and we'll give our thoughts on them. But these were the guys that I found just kind of going through leaderboards and and looking at different, uh, different lists all around. I do want to credit the one that uh, I got a bunch of names from because he's one of our friends and he's awesome. James Anderson did an amazing list and i'm actually going to link his list because you need to read the whole thing and i didn't want to just cop I, I didn't take all of his names there because he does great work uh over there wrote a so you need to go take a look at his list uh fully there but i do want to say uh thank you even though he didn't know uh for for putting me on to some of these names that i wasn't even paying attention to because he, he's just i'm a beast sure he it. would say you're welcome I, I don't think he would be angry about it, but I just I just wanted to be clear that I did I did pop some names from him for sure. Uh, so that's what we're looking at for September. It's going to be interesting. There's going to be some randos that aren't prospects that aren't you know big time guys that that make impact, and so it is kind of a hot hand thing. And I know it can be difficult and volatile, but when you're in your playoff fight and head to head or roto, you see a guy start to get playing time and 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 do something with it, you got to jump. Because you can't yeah. you can't wait for it to to be something. You have to just take a chance that, that it is something. That being said, you can also drop guys who are struggling. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to hold on to the random dudes. You know, someone asked me if they could drop Andrew Heaney for you know two start picture next week. I'm like, yeah, yeah I, and I love Andrew Heaney, yep. but like you you play the matchups and you play to win. You don't worry about the long term ramifications if you're going for a championship, and you 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 do what's best for you in this moment because the next one might be fleeting you can be very short-sighted in september because there's that that's it right and so you you're gonna make some moves that you might regret you'll cut maybe an andrew heaney and he comes and does something uh it, but you had that two-star guy that you needed you have to just 
keep burning and churning. You got you got to make those moves. So hopefully this helped. Uh, we are going to be on uh, this Thursday evening with the in this league guys, uh, Scott Welsh and uh, Chris. Oh no, excuse me, Chris Welsh and Scott Bogman. <laughs> Scott Welsh and Chris Bogman. <laughs> and Chris, yes. Chris Bogman. We're mixing them up. Uh, so we're gonna, it's going to be fun to talk with them. I think we'll talk about some schedule stuff and and some more September stuff. Trying to get you guys ready for the stretch run. It's going to be a hell of a month, um, not only fantasy wise but also just on the field because this NL is absolutely bananas. And then of course with Oakland and Seattle uh, being in the in the thick there. And I, I agree with you by the way that you know you know the Yankees are are more set than any team. I just don't think that it would be impossible for them to to lose their spot. They're getting back Sanchez and DD here in the next few days. So speaking of God, get back Sanchez. I I, I love talking about my own teams because I'm just I'm in this race and I need everything to go right this week. If Sanchez could come up in the middle of the week and hit 42 homers, that'd be kind of cool. Do you think that's possible? <laughs> I, I don't know. I totally think it could happen. Excellent. All right. Well, we're going to get out of here and uh, we'll talk to you guys in a couple days. Take it easy. Want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy baseball league? Well, look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. Download SquadQL for free for your Apple and Android devices. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup each day based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. How does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling in your actual roster, your league's scoring system. The app also provides waiver wire recommendations, daily updates to player rankings, and much more. Head to the Apple app or Google Play stores to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy baseball manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy Lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for both Apple and Android.